Hi friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships, and faith, and relationships, and self-confidence, about our calling in life, and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better, and easier, and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So friends, I'm so excited to be back for season six of the Girls' Night Podcast, and today we have the perfect guest to kick off this new season. It's my sweet friend, Jordan Lee Dooley. Now, you may know her already. She was a guest on episode five of Girls' Night almost two years ago. But if you haven't come across Jordan yet, let me tell you just a little bit about her. Jordan is a podcaster, an author of a brand new book that is so good. You guys, it's called Own Your Everyday, and she'll tell us all about it in this episode. And she's also an entrepreneur, and her mission is to equip women with the tools they need to show up for what they're made to do in their career or business and in their everyday life. You are going to love Jordan, and you're going to love the wisdom she has to share with us today. Today, Jordan's going to be teaching us how to overcome imposter syndrome. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this idea, we'll tell you all about it in the episode, but I have a feeling you've run across this in your own life, even if you didn't know what to call it. She's going to teach us how to break through that feeling of not being good enough, that feeling of being a fraud, so that we can do the things that God created us to do in the world. I'm so excited about this conversation. But before we dive in, friend, if you are trying to figure out how to follow God's plans for your life, or if you're trying to figure out what those plans even are, I have a resource that can help. It's my book, The Lipstick Gospel Devotional, and it is a 90-day step-by-step guide that will help you consistently connect with God, hearing from Him, trusting His plans, and feeling His presence in your everyday life. If this sounds like something that would be helpful for where you are right now, I would love to share it with you. You can pick up a copy at smaywilsonshop.com, and if you use promo code GIRLSNIGHT, it'll give you 15% off. Guys, isn't that fun? That's a brand new promo code that we have just for our amazing podcast community. Okay, so with that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here is my conversation with Jordan. All right, friends, I'm so excited for who we have on the show today. We're, I'm sitting here with my dear friend, my real life friend, Jordan Lee Dooley. <laughs> Jordan, welcome back to Girls' Night. You've been here before. Hey. I'm so happy to have you back. I have been here before. It's so good to be back. I feel like, man, Girls' Night has come so far since the last time I was on. I'm just like so, so proud. <laughs> oh, man, it has grown so much. It is so crazy. And uh, guys, if you haven't listened to Jordan's first episode, you need to go back and listen to it. We'll link to it in the show notes. But it's it's episode number five, I believe. And we talked all about comparison and like, guys, I know that Jordan and I are not the only ones that struggle with this. And so if you could use some encouragement when it comes to comparison, go back and listen to that episode. Jordan, it's one of my very favorites. Mm, that was such a good one. We had such a good chat. I feel like I remember when we were first thinking about recording that you're like, oh, it'll probably take like half hour. And I'm pretty sure that episode ended up being like well over an hour. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm like, shoot, I gotta cut this down. I know, I know, I know. It's so hard to cut them short when you're like, this conversation is going so well. I don't want to miss a second of it. Yes. Um, I am so with you, girl. Well, Jordan, so if people aren't familiar with you, can you tell us like who you are, what you do? And I'm so excited about this part. Give us a fun fact about yourself. Yes. Okay. So my name is Jordan Lee Dooley, as Stephanie has said. Um, The best way I guess I would describe myself, I'm very multi-passionate, so I feel like I wear a lot of hats and have a lot of job titles. But professionally, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, podcaster, and content product creator. And my whole mission is really to help women show up for what they were made to do, both in their career or business and in their everyday life. And so giving them tools, giving women just like you probably listening, tools to really be more intentional. I think, you know, I'm naturally an Enneagram three. So I am an achiever. If you don't know anything about the Enneagram, that means I am an achiever. I'm a doer. I'm a, you know, dreamer. Um, and so I can tend to live in the, in the future. <laughs> I can tend to live for the next thing, the big dream, all that. And I'm all about goal setting and going after our dreams, but also giving myself and women tools to really show up and be intentional where they are with what they have. So that's a little bit about what I do and what I'm passionate about in a nutshell. Um, and my little hidden talent fun fact, I guess, would be that I can actually clap with one hand. 
And I thought that was pretty unique. And I've been sharing that. And I've gotten a few people sharing that they can actually also clap with one hand. So if you want to look ridiculous, try flapping your hand around and see if your fingers hit your palm and if you're able to clap with one hand because I can do it. And my mom used to make me do it when I was a kid for like family friends as a talent show. Kind of embarrassing, but. (laughs) Okay, Jordan, I'm like tipping my wrist down and I have a good four inches between my hand, between like my fingers and my arm. Can you like do it into the microphone? We need to hear this. Oh my gosh. I don't know if it'll work, but can you hear Oh, it? <laughs> yes. So wait, your fingers are hitting your wrist right now? No, they're hitting like the inside of my hand. Like they're hitting my palm. Oh yeah. I'm not, that's not happening I, for me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. My, it's like a genetic thing. My dad can do it too. He taught us when we were kids and it was like a family thing. I don't know. That is so like funny. Some families do normal things. We clap with one hand. It's oh fine. my gosh. I feel like everyone is sitting there right now. Like, like, I feel bad for anyone who's in public right now, like at the gym (laughs) or at work, uh, you know, like sitting there, like trying to clap with, yeah, anyway, well, we all look ridiculous (laughs) now. Thanks, Jordan. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Okay. Love it. Love it. Well, Jordan, I am, I'm really, really excited for what we're going to be talking about today. This is something that you have been talking about a lot lately, and it's something Mm -hmm. that you talk about in your new book, which maybe before we even dive in, can you tell us a little bit about your new book? It is coming out so soon, and actually, it will have already come out by the time this episode's out, and I'm so So excited about it. it. It's out! (laughs) It's not weird to think. It's like we're time traveling a little bit right now, but um, it's kind of weird. Tell us about the book. Yeah, so I wrote this book. It's called Own Your Everyday. Um, We spelled everyday as one word, and the reason we did that is because it kind of has dual meaning when you do that. Everyday... Um, if you think about it, when it's spelled as one word, can also be synonymous with words like ordinary. And so I really want to give women a tool to, you know, show up and chase after those things, you know, chase after something more, be intentional about dreams and their goals that they have. But I didn't want to stop there because I feel like we have a lot of resources that tell us, you know, it's like so empowering and so encouraging, but I think it can also be so exhausting. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, how can we put together, you know, a resource that is for the woman who is chasing after something more, even if she's not quite sure what that more is, but also trying to be really content and purposeful where she is with what she has. How do we bring those two things together? Because I often hear one message or the other rather Mm -hmm. than how do we actually do both? And so I wanted to create that resource. And so really this book is meant to, they've been calling it like the girlfriend's guide to a purpose-driven life. So if you've ever read Purpose-Driven Life, think of that like, but with pizza and wine with your girlfriends and from somebody just like you, because that's pretty much what it is. And um, really giving you tools to overcome things like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, comparison, but not in the sense that we often talk about overcoming those things, because I really look at those as obstacles that hold us back from showing up what we're made to do, right? They're like more like mindset. They're things like uh, roadblocks that are more like mindset, I guess, barriers rather than skill set barriers. Usually it's our mindset, not our skill set that holds us back. And so really tackling those things in such a way that isn't, you know, this expectation that you're just going to overcome it in two minutes. It's how do I overcome this daily when it comes up in my life and have a very realistic perspective of it. So it's meant to be like a, you know, very tangible guide to really show up for your life in your everyday and also for the things that you want to go after in your future. I love that. And I feel like everyone listening is like, uh, yeah, this is a girl's night book. Like this yes. is absolutely oh, a girl's night book. I love that Jordan. And I love the com- the combination of let's be present and be really grateful and do wonderful things with the things that we've already been given. Like, let's not forget to be content because um, we really can spend so much of our life chasing after the next thing. And then really, there's always a next thing. So we just kind of miss everything along the way. But then also in in our quest to be content, um, sometimes we we make excuses or we mm-hmm. bow out of the hard. Yeah, we get comfortable. And and I feel like life with God, man, it's it is never it, like he is so many things. He is um adventurous and wild and wonderful and deeply mm-hmm. loving, but like comfortable and cushy is like never really part of it. If we're gonna follow yes. God's plan for our life, we're gonna be a little bit uncomfortable and that's the way that it's best. And so I love that it's this this combination of being super grateful and super present and not missing what's today, but also not holding or not allowing yourself to be held back from what's coming tomorrow or what you could exactly. what you could, you know, chase after tomorrow. So good. You said that so well. Like, can you be my book marketer? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Okay. This is so funny. I feel like this is so true with every part of our life. I feel like if we're, everyone else is better at explaining what we do or what we're good at, or (laughs) like 
I feel like one of my spiritual gifts in life is, is testimonial writing. I would love to just oh. write testimonials for all my friends for anything. I love bragging about my people, but then also, but it's hard to do that about yourself. You're like, oh, how do I explain my own book? I have no idea. I love that. That's great. Well, okay. So I love that you said imposter syndrome because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. I am so excited to hear your thoughts on this. So before we even get into what to do with imposter syndrome, Jordan, I would love to hear from you. Like, what is it? <laughs> what yeah. is imposter syndrome? Oh my gosh. It's everything that we don't want in our lives. Okay. <laughs> So here's how I'm going to describe it because I actually have a whole chapter in my book on this. And the very beginning of this chapter says, do you ever feel as if you're not who people think you are? That if people discovered who you really are, they would think you're a fraud. This phenomenon has a name, imposter syndrome. So it's really that feeling, like that's right how the chapter kicks off. And it really is that feeling of, okay, if people knew, you know, that I don't have 20 years of experience or that I'm, you know, still young or that, you know, I don't have a degree in this, I've just kind of learned it. Or if, you know, whatever, if they knew my own, if they knew my insecurities, they wouldn't trust me. They wouldn't buy from me. They wouldn't care about what I have to say. They wouldn't listen to me, whatever the lie is. And so it's really feeling completely, not only feeling unqualified, it's allowing the sense of being unqualified to really hold us back. Man, I feel like we can all relate to that in so many parts of our lives. Like I'm thinking about the different jobs I've had, the different, I mean, I feel, think we feel it in school. We feel it in really any work situation. Mm -hmm. We feel it in any sort of like, I think we feel it at church a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I can't be in charge of this small group. Do you know Mm -hmm. how little I know about the Bible or like, you know, do you know how, I, I just think we all feel this in so many ways. What are some, you know, if people are, I feel like some of the women listening are like, I a hundred percent know what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but I also know that imposter syndrome can sometimes be a little bit sneakier. What are Mm -hmm. some of the like maybe sneakier thoughts that we sometimes have that are imposter syndrome and we may not know to call them out as that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, I honestly think it's when we begin to, if you've ever felt like what people expect of you. So even something like, let's, can I give like a tangible example? Okay. So an example, let's say, let's say you have, or for Stephanie and I, let's say we have a, you know, a blog that we've been writing for the last four years, right. Or we have a little small business or online brand or anything that we've done. And we decide we want to try a little new topic to focus on or a new subject or pivot a little bit. Imposter syndrome can come up in those situations. And this might come up in your career too, when maybe you get a promotion or um, you're, you're up for a promotion and it's, do I ask for it? Do I try to apply for it? Whatever. And it's when that kind of subconscious thought comes through your head, like, well, what will people think? Even that, you know, like it's almost what you're doing is you're starting to play into what are their expectations of me and am I living into those? Mm-hmm. Um, what are their perceptions of me and am I living into those? And so we don't necessarily have to think like, oh, I feel like an imposter or I don't even feel good enough. Even that subconscious thought of what will people think or what might be my dad's opinion, what will my friends think when I start, you know, promoting something on Instagram and they don't like it, or when I start trying to be more open, or when I decide I want to start or launch something like that, anything that makes us stop, I guess, holds us back from even starting small or that fear of wanting to be seen starting small or going out on a limb and taking a risk in front of other people. A lot of times imposter syndrome comes up as the fear of other people's opinions of us. Oh my gosh. I can think of like a hundred conversations that I've had with friends and readers and listeners and my own self lately that are, that are those exact thoughts. Like, you know, I want to try this and I have this baby dream Mm -hmm. of doing this thing, but what will my cousin think? What will my mom think? What will, I can just picture what my high school friends are going to think when they see me trying. I think that there's like, we almost, and, and this happens in all areas of our life. So it could be professionally, but it also could be taking some sort of leadership role anywhere in our community, in our church, something like that. It could also be mm-hmm. in our growth or in our relationships or like, maybe you're like, you know, I want to get stronger. I want to start, mm-hmm. I, I want to start moving my body more. I want to start running mm-hmm. maybe. And maybe mm-hmm. you're like me in a horrible, horrible, let me say it one more time, horrible runner. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like to have someone watch you, you know, run down the street and back and not even make it the whole way is really, I don't, I think that that holds us back a lot. Like what will people see? Mm-hmm. What will people think if they see me try Yeah, and, and not instantly be good at this? 
whatever the right. thing is. And that's the thing. No one's an expert when they first start something and that's often, or when they start step into a new role or, you know, even up level in your company, it's like, that's still a new space. Even if you're familiar with the, you know, overall industry or whatever. And so it's that same, like, what will my friends think? What will my boss think? How will I be perceived? It's a lot of times I think imposter syndrome is so rooted in how are we perceived or perception, not even so much how qualified we are or are not. And, you know, I think that there's this thing where we always feel like we are less qualified than we really are. I mean, we even talked about Mm -hmm. that just at the beginning with like, it's easier to promote your friend or to talk about your friend's book than it is about your own. It's a similar thing to comparing like your middle to someone's end or your behind the scenes to someone's highlight reel. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, all of your insecure thoughts, you know, all the things that you aren't quite sure that you're good at. The only thing you see in other people is the things that they are showing on the outside and you have no idea what they feel unsure of, but it's, it's having those thoughts of uncertainty and, and those feelings of being, I don't know, like doubtful of your, of yourself. It's letting those things stop you and and letting those things define you. And that's Mm -hmm. really hard to get over. So Jordan, I know that, you know, this, we like to be real here on girls night. And so I would love to hear, like, is this something that you experience in your own life? And can you give us some like real life examples of where imposter syndrome has shown up for you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Literally every day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, even just really real time with this book, I mean, there is, it's so funny because the subtitle is overcome the pressure to prove and show up for what you were made to do. And then I'm like, irony, because I totally feel the pressure to prove, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) You know, just that sense of will it do okay? What will people think? What if it's not what I what if it's not as good as it's been hyped up to be? What if it doesn't get those, you know, hit those benchmarks or you know, all of those like subconscious thoughts that you kind of try to pretend you don't have totally come up even around a book. And so what's been so interesting is like this whole book has been about overcoming the pressure to prove, which I think is so pivotal when we are trying to overcome imposter syndrome, even in our day-to-day lives. Like I don't think you overcome it once and done forever and always. I think it's something that you fight every day. But with that, you know, I'm like, I'm learning the message of my book in a whole new way, going through the process of launching it and putting out into the world. So just that's a super real time personal example that I'm just kind of navigating every day, like just trusting him. I mean, I believe in this book to my, to my bones, to my core. So I just, I know it can be life-changing, but at the same time, it's that same, like it's vulnerable, you know, it's like, here's my heart world. Please don't stomp on it. You know? (laughs) And, um, I think it's it's learning how to navigate in spite of, you know, I I wrote this down the other day just to kind of remind myself that you have to be confident and proud of what you've been given to create and what you create before you get another person's compliments or criticisms of it. Because once you can kind of really like own that, it's almost like, well, then you can prep for both. And so that's a lesson I'm really learning um, in a different way, in a whole new way, even just through putting this out into the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that we reach a level in life, like personally, professionally, spiritually, where we don't feel imposter syndrome? Or do you think that this is something everybody experiences? Like always? Honestly, I don't think so. You know why? Because I mean, here's the thing. Like when I first got the book deal, right? I was like, oh my gosh, I am so unqualified to be published. Like I've never done this before, you know? And then now it's publishing. I'm like, I'm so unqualified to hit a goal, you know, like whatever. And what's so funny is like, I'm having the exact same feelings as the girl who's like, Hmm, I want to start a little small business and, you know, or I want to just write a blog. I don't even want to publish a book yet. Eventually I'd like to publish a book, but I feel unqualified to even do that. Right. Like we're literally experiencing the same feelings just in different arenas. And so it doesn't like, it doesn't matter at what level or what part of the journey you're on. I think it still comes up. I mean, I was just talking to my friend and the gal who does all my marketing for my podcast and you know, she's in the Nashville area. And so she's worked a lot with, you know, big time music artists and people who have in our eyes, like made it right. Like they have the thing, right. They're there. And she's like, they feel it too. Like, I'm like, does it ever, she was like talking to me. I think I was, I remember this, we were walking around the grocery store or something and she's telling me about how they experience imposter syndrome. And she goes, it hit me like, does it ever end? And she goes, I don't think it ever really ends because we as humans are still naturally somewhat insecure. (laughs) You know, I think there's 
times where you can be more confident and you can learn how to own that on a daily basis. But I think it's when we begin to believe the lie that once we hit this benchmark or this goal or that thing or this milestone, that's when it'll go away. I mean, that's a huge concept in my book that I'm even just learning in my personal life because, you know, you often write what you need to remember and what you need to know. And one big piece of encouragement that I would give to anyone who is experiencing imposter syndrome is, you know, it doesn't, it really doesn't go away per se, but I think, you know, understanding that and then realizing your purpose or your sense of fulfillment or your sense of competence isn't going to come because you, you know, got that opportunity or finally hit that milestone or figured out your best job. Like it can bring a little bit more confidence. It can bring some more satisfaction, but I think we have to remember like our purpose isn't this thing or this, you know, our confidence or, you know, we don't overcome imposter syndrome just by some milestone happening or some, you know, hitting some benchmark or some goal, which I often think we're told it's like that comes from within. And we have to learn how to bring that to those spaces, even before we hit those goals, even before we hit those milestones or have those opportunities. And that's, I think, a mindset shift that's really hard because we have been inundated for like years with this message of like, hey, once you hit that goal, once you get that thing, once you graduate, once you get your degree, once you get married, once you fill in the blank, you'll find your purpose, you'll find your satisfaction, you'll be confident, you'll be complete. And it's like, it's a lie, you know? And I think we're just setting ourselves up for failure to think that. I totally agree. There's this quote, um, and I think it's by Joyce Meyer. We'll double check that and fix it in the show notes if that's (laughs) not true. Um, But she said, new levels, new devils. Hmm. And I like, I feel like that phrase was just so good for my heart because I do Hmm. think that we think, you know, the second I, you know, the second this blog post is read by this many people and okay, the second that I, you know, get a book deal or the second my book Mm -hmm. comes out or the second I, um, you know, whatever the thing is and the, the carrot that you're chasing continues to move as you move, Uh but to just realize that every, like that exactly like you said, that feeling of satisfaction of I made it doesn't making it to the next level, even whatever that looks like in your, in this area of your life and in whatever sphere you're, you're living in right now, doesn't bring that, that sense of confidence. It just doesn't fill that hole of, am I good enough? That's not where that Mm -hmm. like filling comes from, but also to just, just remember that every single time you like take a step to the new level. And every time you get a promotion, that's a whole brand new job that you have no idea how to do. And so every time you get a new job, every time you take a step up, every time you get into a more serious relationship, every time you um, take on a new challenge, whatever the challenge looks like, there are going to be new aspects of that that you don't know how to navigate yet. You're going to have to figure it out all over again. And I think that just hearing that like new levels, new devils gave me so much peace to just know there are always going to be things that I feel like I don't know how to do. And just yep. knowing that makes it, at least you can tackle the problem and and not worry that you're doing something wrong for feeling nervous or like that you're unworthy. Yep. You're like, no, I mean, I don't know how to do this, but it's because I just reached a new level. So time to figure right. it out again. Right. Absolutely. So good. That's such a good quote. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. 
But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. So Jordan, one of my favorite things about you is your boldness. You are the kind of person who has an idea and you just go for it. And like we've talked about, I know that somewhere along the line, whatever the project is that you're taking on, you have this thought like, who am I to do this? Or am I good enough to to take this step? What do you do when that thought comes up? Like, can you talk us through your thought process, your strategy of like taking a step towards something new, feeling like an imposter and not turning around and walking back, but like continuing mm-hmm. to push through it. What is your, what is happening in your brain? What do you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one, I just kind of do it anyway. I'm kind of like, well, whatever. Like you almost have to kind of take a very, you have to almost just take a, I'm going to do it anyway, kind of approach. And the other thing that's really helpful is one big thing my parents instilled in me is to always be a student. So when I begin to feel like that, rather than you know, feeling like, all right, well, shoot, if I don't figure it out in the next four seconds, I'm going to turn around and be done. Instead, one big thing that they've instilled in me is like, okay, start learning and start asking. So whether it's, okay, I need to research a bit more to kind of be able to take that next step so that I don't feel so uneasy taking it. Or I need to ask someone who's ahead of me, like, hey, I should call another author or a couple other authors who have launched multiple books and be like, SOS, how would you do pre-order bonuses? Like, how does this work? Right. And actually asking those questions, being willing to kind of lean in and be a student, which is a little unnatural for me because I am such a doer and achiever and I'm more naturally a leader. So I'd rather be telling other people how to do things (laughs) than to be willing to kind of be like, all right, I need to have the discipline to say, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do it well. I just have this general understanding from bits and pieces of fragmented information that I've received over the years or online or whatever. When I start to feel that or, you know, and and you have to, I think, be really disciplined enough to know, is this a legit feeling because I need to learn something and that's when you need to be willing to be coachable and ask? Or is this a feeling that's coming up simply because I'm insecure? And if it's because you're insecure, then I think you just have to own that because I think a lot of times we want to like victimize ourselves when we feel insecure, like, oh, poor me, I can't do this. And to that, I'm like, 
No, that is stuff. <laughs> um, so the best thing I can say is like, you need to identify if it's, I need to learn this or I'm insecure about it. And I already really do kind of know enough to be able to take this next step. And you only need to look at that next step. It's not that you have to know the whole mountain, right? Like you don't have to know the entire path ahead of you in order to take step number two. But in order to take step number two, if you're feeling insecure about it, ask yourself, do I need to learn something before I put my foot down and take the second step so that I can take it well and land on solid ground? Or do I need to own my insecurity and figure out where that's coming from, from the root, you know, the inside and maybe where that, what that, what the true root cause of it is. And if so, let's focus on that first so that I can work through and get onto that next step. So I think it's just a lot of critical thinking and being willing to be honest with yourself. And a lot of us don't want to go there because sometimes we find things we don't like, you know, so that's a really big thing and been really, really helpful for me. Yeah, man, I love that. I think I'm glad that you talked about kind of the deep stuff because I think that sometimes, you know, I think that there are like maybe three levels of what's happening in this moment. And I'm like thinking out loud here. So if this doesn't make sense, sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, But I think like there's kind of the deep level where sometimes, you know, we live in a broken world, man. And, and we bump into people, people bump into us, people say things to us by accident or on purpose. I think that just for a million different reasons, we show up at this point in life with some like broken pieces in us. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times those broken pieces do hold us back from the things that we want to do in the world. Like maybe when you were younger, someone said that you weren't smart and maybe they did it on purpose because they were trying to be mean, or maybe they just said it in an offhand way and never wouldn't even remember that they said it, but it kind of stuck with you. And so as you're thinking about applying to grad school, maybe, maybe you have this thought in the back of your head that says, I'm not smart. Like I, I can't do this. And and sometimes those things, especially if they've come from like a deep place or a place back in the day, sometimes those are things that we really need to intentionally work through. And maybe it's even working through them in counseling so that that thought doesn't hold you back. Mm-hmm. But I think that some like other categories of what, what might be happening are that you are taking a really big step into something new and, and you do feel nervous about it because you're not not sure if you can do it, but I love the thing that you said, Jordan, about only needing to know the next step because that's actually how you like figure it out is you take the next step and you grow along the way. And there's a period where you're like feeling it out and where you're making some mistakes, but you're going to get there. I feel like when I think of this, I think of the first six weeks of a new job. Like you don't even know where to park for the first couple of days, like, or where the bathroom is or how lunch works or whatever. But after about six weeks, you're starting to get the hang of it. And I think that that's sort of one of the things that can be going on is you're just sort of in that first feeling it out kind of phase. And that happens no matter what the challenges that we're taking on. The other thing that I feel like I've gotten to see and and experience is that whenever I'm doing something new or something that I've even done before, but something that feels kind of scary, I'm scared every time. And I think forever I thought that there was something wrong with me or that that was like a bad sign or that that was something I had to overcome. But I think that what I've gotten to see in myself is that that is just how it feels for me to do something new. It's just scary. I'm just unsure. And I just have to keep going anyway. Exactly like you said, like I just have to do whatever I need to do, gather up my friends, write myself notes Mm -hmm. of encouragement, pray a lot hold my breath and keep going anyway, because that's just how it feels for me to do new things. And maybe there are some people that don't feel scared when they're doing new things, but that is great for you, friend, because that is not the case for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel scared, but I think it's just, ha- and I think here's the thing, like having people like you, Steph, literally, I'm just going to share this vulnerably on the call with everyone, because I think this is important to know. Before we even like re- hit record for this podcast episode, I was like, Steph, will you help me share about this big event in my life? Because, you know, it's a really special thing. And I'm feeling like I have to almost prove myself that it's worthwhile to have, you know? And, um, it's scary because what if it doesn't work out, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was like, sister, I'm there with you and we're going to make this happen. And, you know, I think it's just having a couple of those people in your life that are like, I am rallying with you and believing in your big, crazy dreams and wild ideas. And I think the willingness to ask, I think that's the thing. I, I don't know about you, Steph, but like I always feel uncomfortable asking someone to help support something I'm doing, even if I'm giving them something in return, or even if I've supported them before it, like, I don't want to inconvenience people. I don't want anyone to ever get the idea. And I think this is where, even where imposter syndrome comes up and where we stop ourselves too. We often believe like, well, 
you know, I don't want to bug them or I don't want them to think that I view our relationship as a transactional thing. Like, Hey, you scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. It's like, no, no. Like I will scratch your back all day long if you never scratch mine, you know? But I think our mindset can be like, Oh, but like, I don't want her to ever perceive that I'm even asking her something because, you know, I don't want to be a mooch, you know, which is just kind of like someone who takes and takes and takes and never gives, or is always asking for a favor. But it's like, I think just knowing, having a radar on that is a little, it's smart. You know, you don't want to just casually ask people to do things for you all the time. Of course, that's like not how we do friendship. But at the same time, it's like the more you can serve and support your friends, the more they're going to be able to be there for you when it's your time and you need to have some support Mm -hmm. or someone rallying in your corner. So again, it's just, it's equipping yourself with those people, but usually it starts with becoming that person for others first. So that's one big thing I found. Like you don't just like text somebody you don't know hardly and be like, Hey, like, do you think you could do this thing for me? (laughs) It's more like you build a relationship and you take the time to invest into them, you know, Mm -hmm. and those will be your people. Those will be the people that cheer you on and rally around you when you often, when that, when that imposter syndrome comes up and something, those big steps you need to take, whether it's, I want to apply to grad school or I want to host this big event, or I want to step into this new thing, or, Hey, I want to travel across the world. Like, yeah. will you help support me? You know, like whatever it is. I think that's really, really key. And we often neglect to do that when we're on such a fast track to try to succeed. And it really takes having other people to really be able to succeed anyway. Uh, I a hundred percent agree with that. I love that. Like that is, you know, we say this all the time on girls night that life is so much better and easier and more fun when we walk through it together. And this is a huge example of that. Like every, there are so many moments when I felt like an imposter, when I felt like I'm taking, I'm like, I've bitten off more than I can chew. Like I'm stepping into something that I totally (laughs) do not like, this is so too big for me. Like, how did I ever think that I could do this? And it's having people around you that are like, you can do this. Like we're, we believe in you and not only do we believe in you, but we're going to help you. And, and I think that that asking for help, and and you mentioned this earlier with being teachable. I think that a lot of times when we're stepping into something new, we're afraid to ask for help because if we ask for help, someone's going to know that we don't know what we're doing. But I actually Mm. think that asking help, asking for help is such a sign of strength and such a sign Mm. of like, even leadership, like the best leaders have really great teams of advisors around them. And we, mm-hmm. we get to be that same way. I think that it's, it's foolishness and it's immaturity. Um, and it's actually maybe yeah. more of a sign of your imposter syndrome to be like, no, 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 I have it. I know everything. Like yeah, yeah. everyone knows you don't know everything. And so right. we get to be like, go home. No, you don't. You do not. <laughs> I know. And so by getting to say, Hey, this is where I'm strong, but this is where I'm weak. Or I can be strong in this, but I could use some help along the way. Or will you support me in this? Or what do I do here? Or, um, mm-hmm. you know, will you come alongside me in this? I think that asking for help is just we can ask for help in all areas of our life. And it is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Hmm. So, so good. And it's so true. And I think, you know, that's actually a very tangible action step that we often refuse to take. We, too many of us are trying to be one woman shows, but you were not made to be a one woman show. And I think when imposter syndrome starts creeping up, I mean, sometimes it's a total lie and it's coming from insecurity, but I think other times it can be like a flashing red light. That's like, hello, hello, hello. You're trying to be a one woman show. (laughs) Stop that. You know? So, um, you know, it definitely takes our action, but I think it also takes our willingness to ask for help. I think that there's, you know, when I, when you said one woman show, I was like, why do we do that? And I think, I think that that's maybe sometimes kind of a sign of us trying to like looking for our identity or our our sense of being good enough from just our actions. Like if I can keep all these plates spinning all at once, that only then will I know that I'm good enough. And the thing is, that's not where our identity comes from. That's not where us being good mm-hmm. enough comes from. And 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 so I think that when we can take that pressure off, knowing that like we are God's kids and he loves mm-hmm. us and he made us and he made us good enough because God does not make junk. And And Mm -hmm. like, that's where our identity comes from. Our identity comes from being daughters of God, period. Mm -hmm. We're good enough because Mm -hmm. of him and because of Jesus. That's the end of the story. Therefore, if you can't get your, like, if you need help with chores or if you need help with um, grocery shopping or if you need help with your finances or if you need help um, getting into shape or getting healthy or with some things that have happened in your past, if you need to invite someone in to like walk with you through some of these things or if you need help at work, like that is not a sign Mm -hmm. of, that is, that does not take anything away from your identity. Your identity is secure. Therefore, you can freely ask for help with the things that you could really use some help with. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good. 
So, so good. So Jordan, one thing that I really, really love about you um, is that you love making things practical. It's just one of my favorite things (laughs) that you do. You are like three steps to doing this. And I love that because I mean, I'm totally an ideas person, but then I come to the place with anything in my life, especially any way where I'm trying to grow, where I go, okay, what do I do with this? And that's why Mm -hmm. I love really trying to, even if it's something huge and like something you cannot conquer in three steps. I love just trying, you know, here on the show, trying to say, here are three steps just forward or in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Cause I think it just helps us from staying stuck. So I would love to hear what are three tools that women could have in their life toolbox to help them when they start feeling imposter syndrome start to creep in. Yeah. So I wrote down a lot of these steps because I think I'm, like you said, totally the practical thing. So I think the first thing is the discipline of asking more questions. So when you begin to feel imposter syndrome, ask more questions and be coachable. Literally go, hmm, who might know more about this thing that I feel super insecure about? I'm going to go call them or I'm going to text them three questions that if I had the answer to, I might feel a little bit more secure. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is really embrace your reality and start where you are. Um, I think a lot of times we look at what we can't do and feel imposter syndrome rather than focusing, well, what can I do? Like, who can I speak into right now? Who can I help? Rather than, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do this because of X, Y, or Z. So that's really big. Um, Third thing is not only be prepared to fail, but or not only expect failure, but be prepared to fail. Because I think I get so frustrated. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so frustrated when people are like, expect failure, expect failure. You're going to fail. Keep going. And I'm like, what good is it to expect something if I'm not prepared for how I'm going to handle it? Because I I was at this conference that I was um, speaking at not too long ago, and one of the other speakers said something really powerful. He said, you know, it's not failure if you keep going. And then he goes, when you try something new or when you're about to take a step, here's what you have to get through your brain. You are either going to get the result that you wanted or the outcome you wanted, I guess, per se, or the lesson you needed. And when we can start looking at it like that, like that fear of like failure goes away because it's like, well, I can still win even if I don't get the outcome I wanted, right? And Mm -hmm. it just kind of changes everything when you look at it like that. So that was really powerful for me. And that really goes along with this idea of expecting failure. Like, okay, expecting it, but then what am I doing to prepare for it, right? Like if if the weatherman tells me that a blizzard's coming and I'm like, cool, now I can expect a blizzard and I don't turn up the heat in my house or salt my driveway or do anything to prepare for it, that blizzard is going to have a much worse effect on my life than if I just said, hmm, how can I respond and be prepared? So I think in the same way, when we're stepping into something new and we can expect that there could be some bumps along the way or that something might not, you know, we might not get the outcome we wanted, which we could either decide is failure or we could decide is the lesson we needed, we can really prepare for how we're going to respond versus react and like have a meltdown, right? So that's a big thing. I'm adding a fourth bonus one because this one's my favorite. <laughs> um, and that is execute incremental, implementable, imperfect action. And I'm going to say that again because Ooh. I know that was a tongue of mouthful. Um, but in- incremental, implementable, imperfect action. I often hear people, you know, talking about how we need to take massive action and big steps and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's true. We do want to take big action. But I think the problem with thinking of it like that is it feels massively overwhelming that we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to break down like what taking a little bit of a step forward really looks like. And I think it has to have these three elements. You have to ask yourself if you're going to be trying anything new or, you know, taking a little step toward trying something new, what's incremental enough that it can be done in a day? Or it can be done very simply, right? Mm -hmm. It needs to be very small. Like you don't need to conquer all of grad school and all the applications in one afternoon. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And then the second part of that is it needs to be implementable. You need to look at your current circumstances, your current resources, your current situation, the things going on in your life and ask, is this something I can implement right now? And if not, what do I need to do to make it something I can implement with what I have in my hands? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, like you have to build up to some of those bigger things a lot of time, but a lot of time we look at the big thing and we go, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't do it because of X, Y, or Z. Well, that's because you're looking at too big of a step. You need to say, what can I actually implement today to then build up to that thing? Mm -hmm. And then the last piece of that is imperfect action. You know, a lot of times we hear about massive imperfect action and, you know, every motivational speech that you might hear online. um, And that's great. But it's almost like I look at it like, let's take imperfect action. That's actually something we can implement rather than just a huge, massive idea. And it might feel really big to us, but if we have the capability to implement it incrementally, one little step at a time, even if 
action perfectly, it allows us to continue taking action when we begin to get stuck in our own heads. So those are just a few things and ways, mindset shifts and tangible things we can put into practice, really paying attention to how can I prepare for this failure? How can I shift my perspective on failure? How can I ask for help, right? Be coachable. And then also what is an incremental, implementable, imperfect action step that I can take with my current circumstances, my current, you know, situation right now today. I love that. And I love the word imperfect in there. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't, those tiny baby steps don't even have to be perfect, tiny baby steps. Mm -hmm. It's forward movement is forward movement. And, and I just, I love the pressure that that takes off of it. Like it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. big. It doesn't have to be all at once. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be a sweeping change that totally revolutionizes your entire life all at once because we've all made those goals. Right. And then we've all like abandoned those goals two days later because it just isn't like, it's just too much. And the tiny baby steps we take forward can be totally imperfect and that's okay. And it is for all of us. Exactly. I think the one thing that's really helped me with imposter syndrome um, and made it some so that it's something I don't struggle with really nearly as much as I used to is just really realizing that everyone feels it. And I think there was a long time where mm-hmm. I wanted to just ask everyone I could find, like, do you feel scared too? Do you feel scared? Do you feel scared? And I really did. I asked a lot of people who are doing really beautiful things that I admire and like aspire to, and everyone feels scared. Not one single person feels like they have it together all the time or know what they're doing all the time. Anytime anyone, even the biggest person you can think of or the best person you can think of in your field or in your like area of growth, every time they do anything, they're really, really scared. They just choose to show Mm -hmm. up anyway. Um, And so I think that that's just made me feel a lot better that it's like, you know what? I'm just not alone in this. And I think that when we know we're not alone, that just takes a huge piece of it off because then we're stuck with the challenge and we get to take on the challenge. We don't have to also take on this, like this feeling of being the only one who feels this way, or like there's something mm-hmm. wrong with us for feeling this way. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling nervous about this. Um, yeah. yeah. You're not the only one. And so, so now true. let's I think take a baby step. That's really good too. Let's find out if, when other people go away, cause it makes you go, Oh, okay. What am I freaking out about? You know, it just kind of changes your perspective a bit. Yeah. And I think that that's something you and I have been able to do together, Jordan. And this is mm-hmm. actually kind of goes back to our other podcast episode is I think that the more we can admit the things that we're scared of to each other, it takes so much pressure off of us because we're like, okay, I'm not perfect. Everyone aware of this? Perfect. Now I can yes. just show up and do the thing I need to do. But also like, it's really good for the people around you to hear that you're also nervous about this. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're nervous. I'm nervous. You feel like you're not hundred percent equipped for this. You feel that way too. Great. Okay. Now let's do yep. this together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so true. It's so helpful. So Jordan, as I was thinking about imposter syndrome this week, I was thinking about how all the way through the Bible, God uses people who really have no business being in charge. Like when we look at it, truly most of the people he uses to do enormous things are people who have made really big mistakes or people who are just really pretty unqualified to do the work that he's called them to do. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Just the intersection between God's calling on our lives and our own qualifications. Yeah. So good. And it's so true. I experience that all the time, but you know, I get kind of annoyed because I feel like we often say things like I need to find my purpose or I need to find my calling. Right. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard somebody say that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm like, sis, it's not lost. Like, why are you acting like it's this thing that's lost and you have to go on some treasure hunt to find it? Like, because I think when we start thinking that that's when we feel unqualified. Right. Instead, I think what happens is a lot of times our calling or our purpose of our lives is already within us and it's already kind of, it it plays out every single day. Right. And so that feeling of I'm not qualified to do this, it's usually because we're looking at this whole idea of calling wrong. We're looking at it as like, well, it has to be this thing that I find and then prepare for and then get a degree for and then try this and then try that and then get this experience and then get that qualification and blah, 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 blah. All the while we're like putting it off and then we're like, huh, wonder why I can't find my calling, you know? And it's like, it's right in front of you. It's where you are and it's stewarding where you are because every time you do that, it'll lead to new, newer things and the next steps. And so I think it's even, you know, when you think about that intersection, it's almost stop looking at it like it's this thing you have to find or grab hold of or land or, you know, nail in, you know, by a certain timeline in your life, whether it's graduating college or getting married or starting your first job or whatever it is. And it starts to start looking at it. It's like, well, this thing's already in me and it's already playing out in my life because, you know, 
just God's active hand in my life. And so maybe if I just look at it like that, I can show up and really do things, do the important things. You know, we often talk about what we're made to do. And we think about that in context of our careers or our businesses, which like the business kind of entrepreneurial side of me is like, heck yeah, like, here we go, let's do it. But there's also this other part that's like, but don't forget in the midst of that, that part of your calling (laughs) or also what else you're made to do isn't just these big, crazy, cool things. It's like, I'm also made to get up and make my bed every morning and and move my body and be present with my husband. And like these things that don't sound sexy and glamorous and cool, those are also part of what I'm made to do. So if I can start answering the call there, then I think it's going to become clearer and clearer to me what maybe some of those bigger things are that are playing out. And I can also do those more intentionally, you know, qualifications aside, because I realize if I'm enabling myself to do those little things, the bigger things will play out. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, So Jordan, my last question for you is if there is a woman who's sitting here today dreaming of something big in her life, or maybe she's like halfway into it and she's thinking, oh my gosh, what is going to happen if they find out that I have no idea what I'm doing? (laughs) I would love it if you would just give her a pep talk today. If we could just end that way, give that girl who's feeling like an imposter right now. So all of us, um, give us a pep talk. Yeah. Honestly, I just want to say, sister, your job is not to rush your life. Your job is not to figure out your next step, you know, in the next three years. Your job is not to figure it out. Your job is not to be fancy. Your job is just to show up and try and then skin your knee, learn what not to do and keep going. I think, you know, we can often be overwhelmed by having these big ideas or by the desire to have big ideas, but not being able to figure it out. I often talk about unfigured out dreams. And so maybe you're someone who's like, I want to chase after something more. I want to have a big dream. And I don't even know what that would be. That is so normal. And I want to normalize that. And I just want to encourage you, you know, your, your job isn't to figure it all out. Your job is just to show up, take the next best step, try one little thing, see what works with it, see what doesn't and say, all right, I'm just going to be as prayerful and intentional as I can with the little steps that I can take. Just remember, that incremental, implementable, imperfect action. And don't be afraid to try stuff. Sometimes we fumble into dreams we didn't even realize we had because we gave our ourselves permission, you know, a year ago, six months ago, two weeks ago, two, two years ago, whatever, to show up and try something new, to explore and experiment before we have a perfect plan to execute. And usually that's when God's plan plays out best in our lives. I love that. Jordan, thank you so much for being here. This has been so good, so good for my heart. And and y'all, I'm just I'm just praying that we can do that, that we can we can just show up with the little things and we can know that we don't have to have it perfect and we don't have to have it all figured out, that that's just totally a myth. Our job is to show up and do the very best we can with what we have today and then to show up tomorrow and do the very same thing. And mm. none of us knows what we're doing. We're all in it together. And, and I just love that. Jordan, I'm so glad mm. that you and I get to be in this together. Me too. Thank you so much, Seth. It's so fun to be on and I'm so encouraged to talk to your listeners. You're the best. So thankful for you. Thank you, friends. You guys, isn't Jordan amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation and I am so happy I got to share it with you. This really was the perfect way to kick off season six, don't you think? Now, speaking of a new season, guys, because we are at a brand new season, I have a favor to ask of you. If you have been listening to Girls' Night for a while and you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take just one quick second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We have gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. It means so much to me and it helps the podcast out more than you can even imagine. So if you haven't yet, please just take one quick second to leave a rating and a review. Thank you so much. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we will be back next week for another episode of Girls' Night, and trust me, you are going to love it. See you then.